right, like I said, today is Wednesday night. Uh, we, we do call it soccer night, right? And that's how it's been for many, many years. But given the magnitude of the story, we could not leave it behind because it is a very, very important, important story. And, and you would know as well that for many, many years, I mean, he was kind of touted as a future Springbok, uh, not just a Springbok, but uh, many people had predicted that he would be uh, the first black Springbok captain. Yeah, it was as simple as that. Uh, I mean, his career has never really lived up to expectation. Um, what's been more disappointing as well has been the reports of uh, failed doping tests on numerous occasions, uh, which are a terrible black mark uh, to a career which has really promised so much. And today, the former Springbok, as well as the Sharks hooker, was handed an eight-year ban for doping. Eight-year ban. He tested positive for a banned anabolic agent. They call it Xeranol. Uh, it was during an off and out of competition test on the 17th of January last year. Now, the 32-year-old was maintained as innocence throughout this entire ordeal, had two other positive drug tests in 2010 as well as 2014. Uh, I believe that he's got, what, 21 days now to appeal the ban uh, but if he's unsuccessful, I'm sure you and I can agree that the career is done and dusted. All right, he is an SABC rugby analyst. He's a former Bulls and Crickers flank forward, a former junior springbok, a former springbok, a rugby club president, formerly with Madibas, an EP rugby general manager as well, Tando Manana. Uh, the room divider joins me on the line. Thanks so much, Tando, for your time. Good evening. Welcome to the show. Robert, good evening to you and to the beautiful listeners of uh, both Metro and 2000. We have a case here again. Mashadze Chiliboy Ralipela, eight-year ban. Take us through what has happened here because, you know, for me, it, it sums up what maybe is a, car a career that is over. Look, Rob, once, uh, I must say I'm very much interested in the 80-page in the 80-page judgment uh, as well as the sanction judgment. Uh, because it, it, it will give you more clarity on, on all the fact findings. Uh, and you were right when you mentioned the 2010, the 2014 to 2016 and 2019. Uh, but uh, uh, the sentence of an eight year, which takes him to 2027, January 27, uh, Rob, uh, I feel it's harsh. Uh, I mean, the guy is 30, 33 years. Uh, he's got 21 days to appeal. I think, um, you know, he, he will appeal. Um, you know, one, obviously, he does have a, a representative and a tenure lawyer, whatever you want to call it. And I think, um, you know, his career is well and over. Uh, whether it's eight or he appeals and gets four years, he's 33 years, Rob, he'll be 37. Uh, within that four-year or eight-year period, uh, these are quite interesting uh, things that people should always know to that uh, he's banned from all participation and uh, no involvement in rugby whatsoever, be it school, be it club level, uh, be it a provincial level or at any national level. He is not allowed uh, to be closer uh, to any activities which involves uh, rugby. That kills any professional player because you actually have uh, taken, uh, you know, it's a smash and grab 
uh, of his love of the game, which is which is rugby. We can only watch it for now, so it will be interesting to see. Uh, I'm sure he's got uh, good lawyers, but also Rob, it's also very important, you know, um, that these are these are lessons. I mean, you speak of you know someone that uh, was touted to be the first, uh, you know, black Springbok captain in a Test match. Yes, he was in an unofficial. Uh, match uh, in the Northern Hemisphere, uh, but he never then uh, graduated to become the first in a test match. That honor uh, was uh, with Sia Kolisi. But I think also what's important is that, uh, you know, ever since that uh, relationship with him and Jake sort of fell apart, there was never any mentorship, uh, you know, uh, for a player like Chilibor, Alapelele. I mean, he was a black star, you know, a guy that was touted as early as SA schools that he'll go all the way, he'll become a star, and then all of a sudden he loses it. And uh, uh, and it's true. It's, you are what you take in uh, uh, because you need to sort yourself out. You need to check whatever you put in your mouth as a professional player. Those are the small things that change, uh, you know, one's life. Uh, into obscurity, uh, Rob, but also taints you for the rest of your life. I mean, if you read today, uh, you know, the different opinions on the on, on the player, uh, it's only his second doping uh, that is being found uh, and uh, charged on that. The first one in 2010, if you remember, it was a guy called Bian Basson uh, at the time. Uh, that one uh, was successfully won. Uh, because Saru had to come in, it was judged to be a no-fault judgment, which meant that they could return to play as early as 2011 in the Super Rugby uh, season of that stage. So the two uh, that he has uh, that was found guilty uh, beyond reasonable doubt was the ones in 2014 when he still was in France with Toulouse and then the ones with the Sharks. So the Sharks, uh, unfortunately, Rob, uh, they, they went their separate ways after the... Uh, the, the judgment that uh, is uh, positive, uh, the Zeranolol, uh, mm-hmm. the banned substance. So obviously there is rules and regulation in South African rugby that your union or your employer, when you're found guilty, uh, there's a certain amount of months before they can tear uh, your contract. So that was all done uh, in 2019. So he's not been part of the shark since 2019. I think around about April, March, April or so. Uh, so uh, he's, he has not been participating in any rugby, it's true to say. Um, but yeah, for me, Rob, it's just um, it's it's just bad. I mean, we spoke to the player, he pleaded his innocence, and here we are. It's uh, eight years. Um, you know, one just hopes, uh, you know, you know that uh, this thing can he can finalize it. He's got 21 days to you know to clear his name or get the band to four years. If he wishes, he can go to Switzerland, uh, to the sports um, courts of arbitration. If he feels like doing so, if he feels he's got a case, it's going to be maybe a, a prolonged um, appeals process. But I think said uh, it's done its course and it's finished. Yet it's taken so long, Rob, 2019, January to now. Uh, that's, that's a lot of time, uh, but also losing um, a lot of remuneration. Uh, on his part, uh, but also most importantly, um, he, he failed the second uh, test, uh, and it's not the third; it's the second. The first one, uh, the Yemen Bian Basson, were were free to play within a couple of two months uh, from the 2020 2009 overseas tour.
I mean, quite interesting as well. I mean, I, I had to have a look earlier today as far as uh, what this Zeranol is all about. Uh, it, it's literally and really approved only for the use as a, a growth promoter in livestock, including mm-hmm. beef cattle. Um, so it, it, it really then just uh, tells you as well that uh, for human consumption, it does have uh, uh, certain properties that might aid you as a steroid or a drug. You are talking legalities, Mr. Manana. Let me quickly bring in Hendrik Hugo, who is Chili Boy's lawyer. I'm going to ask you to stay on hold, uh, Tanda. Don't go anywhere. Uh, Hendrik Hugo, thank you so much for your time. Good evening. Welcome to the show. Hi, Rob. Uh, thank you. Thanks for giving me the opportunity to have a quick chat. Without a doubt, and, and, it, and it is certainly that, just for clarity, what Tando has said is 100% correct from your side. You have looked at the outcome, you've looked at the ruling, but you've also presided as well that this can be taken to appeal. Is that correct? And if yes, why? Um, and number one, and maybe I can just make it clear, I'm coming fairly from a legal perspective, and that's my job towards my clients as well. Um, so I, I only work on the legal grounds and from a legal perspective solely. Um, we've considered the judgment, we've considered the merits, the sanctions, and we're of the view that there are grounds of appeal on both the merits, even before we get to the sanction portion of it, but similarly on the sanction, um, why there are appeal grounds, and please tell me if I um, you know, don't uh, answer your question in full, but I'm going to try and address it to you, latching on to um, you know, the argument that was presented earlier, um, uh, I don't think the in law the ATF ban is good, in my professional opinion. And of course, we are still creatures of instruction, so we will have to wait for our client to provide us with instructions on whether to appeal or not. But as you'll recall, the first one that he got found guilty of in 2014, 2015, around there, um, the ban was for two years, and um, uh, the law as it stands provides that the standard applied on your first guilty offence may be doubled up. So just on a simple mathematics, we are at the view that it could have never been eight years. But that's one of the grounds of appeal. Of course, there are many, and this is not the appropriate for him to run around and, you know, what grounds of appeal there are. So, I mean, we're busy preparing with counsel an opinion for our client on whether and on what grounds could he appeal, and then we will work on his instruction. All right. Uh, just taking that one that you've given us a, as an example, and you're 100% right that the ruling did say uh, that if maybe he's, if he's banned for two years, then if he's found guilty again, uh, it should be a four-year ban at best and not an eight-year ban. But the, you, you are looking at the legal side of things. You're not looking at the merits of whether or not he is guilty. You're just looking more in terms of the application of a ruling that was made, which still then still deems him to be guilty of the said crime. I think I made it clear earlier in my comment, and apologize, I apologize if I didn't, but that there are many grounds of appeal based on the merits, number one, mm. before we get into the sanction, and meaning whether he's guilty or not, and we still dispute that, and there are grounds of appeal in our view on whether he is guilty or not. I just used the HA example as an example of one of the grounds of appeal. So the, uh, the other grounds are ones that you cannot talk about? Uh, of course. I mean, there are, uh, there, there are many grounds that we have the view from a legal perspective, the application of the applicable laws and regulations. 
in our professional view that are appealable. And, uh, of course, if we file appeal and based on our client's instruction, all of those grounds of appeal will be canvassed at that stage and in the appropriate form. If you had to bring together all of those different grounds that you talk about, what for you would be would be a good outcome? What, what would make you and your client happy? Would it be the bringing down of the eight to four years? And would it be him maybe not being guilty at all? Like, what, what would be that one outcome for you that would say, okay, we've achieved uh, that that we have set out to achieve? My client's not guilty at all. So you firmly believe that? Based, based on my professional view and legal perspective, indeed. And when you bring in the previous accounts that you've also mentioned where he was found guilty, would those not be contributory factors towards the outcome that we're seeing today? Um, the contributory factor towards uh, the sanction portion, portion of it definitely relates back to previous convictions. But to establish the merits in terms of whether um, an athlete is guilty or not would be analyzed in based on this current adverse analytical finding the facts around it, the evidence presented. I mean, just to give you an idea, the transcript for this hearing, based on evidence of over a thousand pages, um, you know, and to connect that into an 80-page judgment of the merits and then a 20-page judgment, it's quite an exercise and then punching out an opinion. Um, but, um, yes, it, it becomes relevant at the sanction stage, hence my example, to say that the second offense would be double of your previous, previous standard applied to you. He, he has spoken to us before, and I know that he's not been one who was keen for a lot of interviews, and we understand why, uh, when you still have a, a, an issue that is being looked at legally. But as much as he has claimed to have been innocent, have you ever established how Zeranol got into his body or got into his system? I think uh, that type of evidence and facts are you know, still... A subject of a dispute, and I think I'd, um, you know, not be um, presenting my client's case in his interests at this moment and in this forum at this stage. And of course, based on my instruction, that's something that you know you and I can chat about later or in due course um, whenever this is finalised. But for now, I believe that all the issues are still hanging, and you know, um, we are waiting for number one, a final opinion, and number two, then for my client's instruction. All right. While you're still on right, hold, Henrik, uh, Tando, let, let me ask you as well that um, Zeranol, is that something that would have been widely used within rugby? Where would you think that would have uh, stemmed from? Look, look Rob, first and foremost, uh, in any team environment, you do have uh, obviously your bios, and, and those are the people that direct in terms of the supplements. Uh, that you use and for what purpose it was, uh, you know, that you use. But obviously there's over the counters that the some of the players they would maybe get, not knowing that uh, it's a banned substance uh, as well. But Zeranol, I mean, you spoke of beef and uh, we know rugby players with their steaks and their medium to rare and, and all of those things. So it's very interesting to, you know, to, to note that, you know, beef can, uh, and what type of beef was it? An overseas import beef that was, you know, that he consumed, and so forth. So it would be very interesting, and it's an interesting chat that you've just had there with the with the, with the representative and the lawyer. Uh, but for me, it would be just to to just know what state is Chile Boy now in from the last time we spoke to him, 
Uh, that for me would be very important. But I mean, if you speak of all of these banned substances, and I think uh, with SADS, uh, you know, they they find time to go and educate if invited by the the provinces and so forth on what to take, not to take, what are the positive uh, substances to take. And I think most of the players, uh, are some of it, uh, they are not clued up until they get to a national level. So you don't know whether at that stage when uh, the test was done, remember this was an out-of-competition test done, uh, you know, in some way in, in January or so, which means it was still either pre-season or the beginning of a pre-season, start from the off-season, from, from the holidays, uh, and so forth and so on. So I'm not in a position to, to really know how we consume that, but I'm just saying, uh, Rob, for me, those are, those would be the critical things that, I mean, I would ask Yuho and also just ask him uh, if the appeal fails, would they take it off to Switzerland? Uh, thing that, you know, um, you know they, 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 they help them to, uh, you know, to clear the name and also not get any, <laughs> any fine. Uh, whether it be a two, four, or eight years, but the, you know the, the client insists that he's uh, he's not guilty, um, and uh, and he sticks by that as as, as you are aware and you've made uh, mention of that. So those would be my uh, my bone of contention going forward uh, in terms of how is he doing, and 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 also would they go a step further of going to Switzerland? The reason I'm saying that is there was a recent case of a, as a hockey player uh, that took uh, you know the case to Switzerland where. Um, you know, the, 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 they laid the evidence that it was a mix-up of a steroid with supplements that this lady took, and uh, she got six, six months, I think, and uh, she was cleared from them uh, going forward. All right. Henrik, uh, are you able to answer that? Uh, would you be taking this forward? Do you take it to Switzerland? I can maybe, and I agree. It's a very interesting question. Um, we will definitely take it to Switzerland based on my time's instruction. You know, the Court of Arbitration for Sport, you know, is known for uh, many decisions having been appealed and actually turned over completely. Um, but based from a legal perspective, I'm definitely um, of the view that this matter can be taken to the to, to Switzerland to the Court of Arbitration for Sport to cast. I've got a question from Twitter here. David M. Silega Jr. says that I think Chiliboy was punished for his previous convictions and not the current case. He says if he knew that he took Zeranol, why didn't he oppose that his B sample being analyzed as his A sample was cleared? Um, so, so, so in this matter, we indeed uh, challenged the B sample. We opted to verify the B sample. If that's the question, sorry, I might have missed you there. So you're saying that from what you know that you didn't query any of either the A or the B samples? Yes, indeed. Of course, there were legalities in the proof of evidence and how they were collected and um, mm. that I don't want to canvas here, you know, okay. that, um, and, 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 and how can I, the chain of custody and those type of things in terms of um, their sample collection. But those are arguments that are currently, as I said, subject of a dispute. Um, but um, I think it actually came out from the news at that stage um, what the B sample confirmed, the A sample. Is there any suspicion of foul play that, Henrik, you would have ever ventured into outside of whatever the substance is being found in his, in his body? Do you believe, do you find that somewhere, somehow, there is foul play that could have been a factor here? Uh, Rob, I think I've got a duty to tell you that it's not my suspicion to work on um, philosophies or, you know, um, certain theories. Uh, I work on the law, and based on the law, 
my client has got a good case and it should be appealed based on these instructions, of course. 100%. Law can also not venture off from possibilities. Indeed. Indeed. But, and this is um, one possibility. Um, I mean, I think in any case it could be one possibility, but as I said, the grounds of appeal would definitely not be theories. The grounds of appeal that we are relying on are fact-based evidence. And the fact had to be brought forward as far as foul play is concerned. Would that be a consideration? Um, in due course, if, if it's necessary. Uh, I think there are many uh, grounds of appeal. And I think in, 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 in due course, um, you know, um, it might be canvassed by a tribunal or not. For now, we will stick to the facts, we will stick to the evidence, we will stick to what has been presented, we will stick to how the law has been applied, and our clients got that right to go all the way to Switzerland should he wish to proceed. 21 days is what you have. Are you going to meet that deadline? <laughs> it's pretty tight. <laughs> I think it was made clear um, the, the initial um, um, interview. Um, if 21 days is tight, we are definitely going to make it. And we will work on our client's instruction. And I'm sure that will also be communicated to you in due course whether it's being appealed or not. Mr. Manana, 20 seconds we have left. Yeah, well, uh, Rob, uh, I mean, Hendrik has put it out there. He's from a, a legal background, obviously. Um, I didn't hear anything if, uh, you know, Chili Boy still intends uh, to, to play as a professional or... He's now retired, but he wants to clear his name. I think that, that, that would be my last 20 seconds. Right, nice one. Thank you so much, and I do appreciate the information, uh, Henrik Hugo, for coming through as a representative legally of a Chili Boy, Riley Pele. Let's uh, chat uh, after 21 days. Thanks, Rob. I appreciate it. Yes, Banana, thank you so much. Huh? Thanks, Robbie. Stay strong. All right. Thanks to both of those gentlemen there. Uh, I mean, we'll wait and see. Lots of reaction as well coming through on Twitter. Uh, Wandi Lemdana says that uh, Rali Pele's predicament is suspicious uh, because when the time was found, or when at the time he was found guilty for the first time, uh, was when his career started to reach the pinnacle of his success and was touted as a big star to come up from a disadvantaged background. Uh, he was the hope of a black child. Mulepa Mukhawa says that really sad what happened to Chili Boy. Everything about his case has also been malicious. Another case study of the many dismal failures of Saru. So thank you so much indeed uh, for those and many other reactions that are coming through right here on Marawa Sports Worldwide.